Hey folks, welcome to another episode of Health Shift, the podcast that bridges ancient healing modalities and conventional medicine. We're here to shift the paradigm. We want to help you make a shift. And please note that these discussions are not medical advice, nor should they be taken in place of medical assessments. So let's get started. Today, I'm doing a solo cast regarding uh, an aunt who I loved very dearly. And the name of this podcast is Taken Away in Cups. My favorite aunt, when I was little, was born at less than two pounds during a time when most did not survive, and yet she did. She was my mom's half-sister, and yet my mom was one who did not believe in halves, only being whole in family and in relationship. And she always looked out for the underdog, something that I learned as a young age because I too went through humiliations of being left out because I was obese as a young elementary school child. Aunt A was not the favored child by her mom and was often tied up at the dining table, later suffering a breakdown when not being able to see her dad whom she loved dearly before he died. Within a year of my grampy's death, her life crumbled and she was misdiagnosed as having schizophrenia, being put on all the harsh drugs known at that time, as well as ECT. During each time of emotional unrest, she would become very angry with her mom and stayed with us to calm down. I was a young elementary school child, loved her, and yet also found her behavior to be scary at times. Why? When mom tried to set reasonable limits, she would explode, become irrational, and start going after mom. I recall a few specific experiences, which have really impacted my life in having such empathy, at times to a fault. I've been told by various healers that I see the goodness in others, often overshadowing the parts that are dysfunctional. And boy, have I repeated that issue many times over. If you haven't read my book, Sapphire, sunflowers, sapphires, and seraphim. Please do. It's on Amazon. I was about eight to 10 years old, and we were going to visit her at a private psychiatric hospital in Georgetown, Massachusetts. It was nighttime, and while driving down this dark and winding road, lots of trees, dad's car lights shone upon a scary looking man who stared right into the window. His blue eyes just pierced right through me. And by the time we reached the home, I was feeling pretty anxious, but also excited to see my aunt. We entered a lovely old home and there were nurses and patients walking about. When I saw Aunt A, her hair was dyed red and curled in a flip. She was talking really fast, hugging us. And for me, she held me so tight that I felt a bit suffocated. She was really nice to dad, but not so much to mom. And of course, I had no clue about what was really going on. Another time I was staying over Nana's house with Aunt A and there was an episode. When there were difficulties, everyone in the family would usually call my dad and he would be able to calm her down. But this time when he arrived, she was so angry and aggressive that Nana needed to call the emergency. The men with the white coats arrived, handcuffed her, taking her away screaming to the hospital. All I remember being told was that she was sick. On another occasion, by this time I was in about the seventh grade, me and my friends would usually go skating on Friday nights at the local ice rink. Aunt A was staying with us because she was aggressive with Nana. And while she was with us, she was making phone calls to California and was staying on the phone for hours on end. Back in those days, long distance calls were pretty expensive. 
She was fantasizing about marrying Rod Stewart and was making multiple phone calls. Mom told her that she needed to curtail the calls and she became very angry, yelling at mom and pointing her finger right in her face. I felt really scared and I remember mom telling me, just go with your friends, everything will be okay. I felt shaky, my stomach was flip-flopping and I started to get that numb feeling. I did go out with my friends, but to be honest, I can't recall the rest. That has happened so often in my life when I would go into that frozen place being unable to recall the ending of traumatic events. It's as if the black curtain closes and I cannot access beyond. Moving on to adulthood, Ante was finally properly diagnosed with bipolar one. Her meds were changed and she had periods of more normalcy until she began stealing money and medications from patients and stopped taking her own meds because of their sedative effects. And that's pretty common in the bipolar population. She was working as a caretaker for seriously disabled people. While she wasn't charged with theft, she had to leave a job that she loved for years. She became increasingly depressed and wanted to die. This time, she was at the Arbor Hospital in Jamaica Plain, and she asked for me and my cousin C to come and take part in her therapy. It was during this session when she talked about wanting to end her life, yet also wanting our support to make it. Ante had stayed with me and my girls, who also loved her dearly for holidays, various outings, and she did this with Cousin C as well. We always included her in our festivities. I visited the various group homes where she lived, and she was so loved by her fellow homemates and the staff. There was something magnetic about her that people just loved. And finally, she was diagnosed with brain cancer, had treatments, and had to wear a helmet for the short time that she lived thereafter. She asked me to plan the music for her funeral with one of the other staff who played guitar at church. And when she left this earthly plane, we sang in celebration for who she was and still is to me this very day. Ade, you showed me compassion, even though sometimes are scary. And you showed me how you loved life, a life that many would have begrudged. Now let's take a look at this another way. How does one reconcile early life imprintable events that were mildly traumatizing and confusing? Does one blame parents for not keeping away the child from this experience? Great questions. And there are so many different ways to look at this. Like many, I have been in therapy at different times in my life, have found it helpful with regard to understanding my behavior, my blind spots and my roots of anxiety. And I needed to go through a period of feeling angry at my parents and my circumstances before coming to a place of more self-awareness and compassion for both me and my parents. I have been committed to self-growth since I was a child, and this remains a constant in my life. To learn about myself, to face the shadow side, and to evolve, sharing my experiences with others. I often refer to a mentor from the early 80s, Janine Roth, who stated, the only way around this is through it. I've used this countless times in my work with my clients. From the time that Ande was taken away in cuffs to exploring my own self-inflicted shackles used for both safety and self-punishment, I feel like I've come a long way, baby. <laughs> I hope that you enjoy this. And if you did, please rate, review, and share with your friends, your family, your coworkers. 
I'm on a mission to really change the current paradigm and stigmatism around healthcare and mental health care. Until next time, 